Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> how are you? Hey, and they think it's funny how I say hello, but it's trademark now, okay? I it's know, our brand. But... We have to stick with it. Are you always in that mood, though, where you're just like, hello? <laughs> Um, uh, it's called, like, the show must go on. Like, you just, you put on that face, you get in that mood. I get in that mood to record this podcast. Okay, if anything, you should be like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> greeted the moment you start listening to this. It's amazing. Can you imagine if okay, um, I'll set the scene. So you're home alone. Um, whoever okay. you live with is out of town. It's a dark night, starting to thunder a little bit. And all of a sudden, the power goes out, and you're sitting on the couch. And then from behind you, you hear, Hello! <laughs> <laughs> and it's Andre. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty terrifying, I must admit. <laughs> so, point granted. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome to Scary Talk, episode 40-something. We are Andre... <laughs> <laughs> we are Andre and Shannon. Um, we're here to bring you some fucking spooks. Um, yeah. What is totally. this? 43. We are doing cryptids today. Hello. Hi. How are you? Cryptids part two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Halloween, she's gone. Day of the Dead, she's also gone. Um, uh, it is now... What is it today? Today's November 7th. And uh, we are continuing... Um, this slow descent into the end of the decade, which is bound to cause an existential crisis in Shannon, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Um, so can't happening. wait for that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, we're just, I was just thinking about die. that again today. I know, what? like, I was, I was thinking about that again today, because I never brought it up a couple episodes ago, but today I was like, oh my god. December has, what, 31 days. And then today's the 7th, so, what, this 30 days, 20, so, 53 days. 54 days left of the of the decade. Isn't that crazy? Well, I mean, I'm over it. I'm ready for something new. I'm ready for that change, you know? Um, what do you think 2020 is going to bring? <laughs> what? What do you think 2020 is going to bring besides a Trump re-election, seemingly? <laughs> Ew, gross. Um, you know, I think we're going to see new stuff from Miley Cyrus. It's not that I want to. I just I feel mm. like she's on the brink of something. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. Maybe Cher will um, be the first person. Do another farewell tour? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Her 10th farewell tour? Um. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I have high hopes, but not really because it, another year's gone by. You know, like at the end of the day, like we're all just rotting, decaying corpses. That sounds really nice. Um, <laughs> do you think that Britney Spears is going to make music again? Because there was this rumor that I I heard being talked about on Wendy. I'm a Wendy watcher. Hi, how you doing? Wait, did I just forget the fucking, like, catchphrase? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, what the fuck? It's, um, oh, how you doing? Yeah, that's how it is. Anyway, um, wow, obviously not a true stand. Fuck me. Anyway, she was talking about how Britney Spears might not, like, make music again because her, like, descent into, like, mental insanity has been so, like, deep and steep. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, she's kind of embroiled in this whole, hi, welcome to Britney talk. She's kind of yeah. still embroiled in this whole conservatorship shit. Um, she's still going to court over this. Um, she dyed her hair brown, which any true Britney stan knows that when she dyes her hair 
like dark, Britney's feeling dark inside. So, you know, that's happening. So, I mean, yeah, throwback to 2007, like major throwback. So, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, I thought her voice was like ruined or something. So maybe, maybe she can't. I mean, I mean, her voice has been ruined for a while. She can't sing very well, but she can make music because producers make magic. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, they've been doing magic with her since, like, 2008. Um, yeah, so, like, long story short, super quick conspiracy theory for those of you who are not aware. Also, not a conspiracy theory. This is pretty much fact. Like, obviously, Britney Spears doesn't sound like a fucking chipmunk in real life. Um, but, like, back in 1998, Max Martin, the guy who produced and wrote Baby One More Time, was like, okay, you need a trademark sound or you're going to fade like all the other pop girls. And... And they landed on this baby sound, and she just stuck with it, and she stuck with it because it worked, and it sold a lot of records, and that makes sense. The problem is that that's not sustainable at all, so you can't sing live like that, 13 shows in 13 nights, right? Like, you can't do that. So, one, that's when the all the lip-syncing started, which has never stopped since, because the more time that goes on, the less sustainable it becomes, even more. Um, and also, the, even in the studio, like, Sometimes she struggles to, like, do a whole song in that voice, even just once, for the studio recording. And and that's why her music lately has been, like, very, very overproduced. Also, I theorize, personally, that that's why that 2013 Britney Jean album that I talked about a couple episodes ago, that conspiracy theory, I theorize that that's partly why, well, I am the producer of that, um was like, we need to bring in an imposter because you can't sing. <laughs> you can't even do your own baby voice anymore. I so we're throwing back to our I know. It all, it all connects. It all ties in. You see what I mean? Yeah, no, I believe you. I The more you talk about it, the more convinced I become. Um, and plus, you Thank know. you, Shannon. Thank you. Because my well, boyfriend never fucking, like, <laughs> takes it seriously. Like, wake up, sheeple. Wake up. Wake up, America. Shit is going down in Hollywood, <laughs> and it's been going down for a very long time. Also, Andre is the biggest Britney stan. Like, and so I just, I feel like he knows what he's talking about. Like, I listened to some Britney when I was a kid. Like, yeah, I, I threw down. I was in love with JT. But, like, I didn't stay with it the way Andre has. Andre has ridden that horse mm. into the ground. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I have killed that horse. Got, yeah. Like, revived it back to life. Killed it again. Um, last, like, last detail. That is why, for example, you can see her hitting high notes in her early stuff. Like, in the first album, there's a song called I'll Be There. Uh, and she hits a good high note there. Second album, there's a song called Girl in the Mirror. She hits a high note after the bridge of that song. But, like, then on, the high notes become not as impressive or there's less of them or there's straight up none of them like starting in 2007 like i haven't heard britney do a high note in i don't know a decade so like it's because the more time went on the more unsustainable this whole shtick became and now she she can't even fucking do it so it's kind of weird and tragic i don't know um anyway hi cryptids so speaking of weird and tragic um, <laughs> yeah, speaking of weird and tragic and scary. Yeah, we're going to be talking about cryptids today. Um, and I I feel like I make this joke a lot, but me and Andre are cryptids. Um, and we're not going to be talking about ourselves today, because that would just be memoir. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I have been pushing for this part two for a while, just because there's a specific... Cryptid I wanted to talk about, but Andre was like, 
dark web murder. Ah, let's yeah, be scary. But, th- but then we did we did dark web, and Shannon's like, "You're paying me back." So yeah. here we are. <laughs> Not yeah, that no. I don't like cryptids, we stand Bigfoot, but you know. <sighs> I had nightmares. Also, I watched the movie Midsummer. <laughs> Summer, I guess, is what it's called. Uh-huh. And oh that yeah. dude okay i want to hear your thoughts quickly if you want it's been it's been a crazy week it took like two days for me to like fully digest that film um it was insane (laughs) it was so morbid it was so disturbing it was like the best ending ever i've decided because i'm a crazy feminist um and yeah no i just thought it was a really powerful intense film and like the more i think about it and the more i like it whereas initially i was just like this is disturbing this is gross yeah which i don't think you and i I think you and I kind of vibe in the same, like, wavelength. That sounded so, like, new age. But, like, because, because I, de- I watched it with David, uh, he hated it. He just, like, stayed on that plane of, like, well, it looks and sounds and seems gross and, like, vicious. So it must just be a gross, vicious, dumb, bloody film. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, it is all those things, but then there's the message behind it, yes. and that's what takes you, like, 48 hours to get to. Yes. And I feel like I got to that, and I'm sure he could if he wanted to, but I feel like he didn't care. He just, like, not his kind of film, fine, whatever. But, like, even as I was watching it, I was like, ooh, I'm not exactly sure what's going on right now, but I know that there's something bigger yeah. happening than just what I'm watching on screen. Yeah. Um... So, I liked it. I liked it. The emotional arc, just that feeling of trauma. It's just so thick. Like it's like it's like a I thick know. clam chowder in your mouth. Um Yeah, but I <laughs> that's that's a description, I guess. <laughs> that's so, an analogy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um so I actually want to bring to you the Mothman's girlfriend. Um this is why I was oh so my hyped God. about this. There's a lot <laughs> is of it, like, is it Moth Girl? <laughs> no, it's not Moth Girl. There's, like, a lot of, like, memes and, like, memorabilia of people who ship the Mothman with the mm. Flatwoods monster, who I'm mm, talking course. about. Because, you know, the Flatwoods monster, when we get down to it, people think that she has a very feminine energy, you know, and mm, Mothman okay. is looking for love. So I, I just love that, and I thought that we could explore that and really, like, dig deep into what's happening here. Um, that is inspiring. Please tell me more. <laughs> and I I do want to preface this by saying that this is a cryptid, which I think when we've talked about it before, we've discussed like cryptid means it's something that lives on Earth that is unidentified. And, you know, it's it defies what we would understand of normal science and evolution, you know, like Chupacabra, yeah. like what the fuck is that? So it's not yeah. necessarily extraterrestrial. However, this Flatwoods monster has its roots tied to that in theory okay wait a second before you continue i was gonna say that i was reading earlier today about some cryptids and apparently there have been cryptids in the past that have turned out to be real animals so to lend credibility to what we're gonna be talking about today hi people like sometimes i'm like i sound so pretentious like it doesn't happen very often but sometimes um things classified as cryptids do end up become um becoming like actually really truly classified in the scientific world like within the animal kingdom as a real species a real creature like the platypus yeah. um people thought that that was a cryptid like back in the back in the early 1800s <laughs> um there was a what? guy 
Yeah, like the platypus. Um, there was oh, the a gotcha. yeah a guy somewhere I guess that received a um, taxidermied platypus from like some Asian merchant. The guy was Australian or British, I can't recall. But the point is that this guy um, was like, a scientist, and he was like, "Oh, this is like bullshit," um, and he tried to unsew the like the bill, the duck bill from the pla- <laughs> from like the the. the- the beaver body and he was like oh never mind this is a real animal so you know i don't blame him the platypus is a weird looking thing it is (laughs) (laughs) okay so i actually i i don't know if you would call this a mistake or if it's not really classified as cryptid i think she's a cryptid um but this is rooted to a ufo um so I don't know. You can take that with a grain of salt. You can try and use that to piece it together, or you can ignore it completely. I don't know. Okay. It's no surprise here, though, that I was attracted to something related to aliens. Um, nope. You know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> so the Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Braxton County Monster, because it happened in Braxton County, Virginia. Or, sorry, West Virginia. Also known as the Phantom of the Flatwoods, um, was an entity or a creature that was sighted in the town of Flatwoods um, on September 12, 1952 following the appearance of a bright object crossing the night sky. Um, So this is what happened, you know, and maybe they weren't related. Maybe the object crossing the night sky was a meteor or, you know, just whatever. Maybe it was aliens, but the Flatwoods monster appeared shortly thereafter. So we're going to go with that. Um, so, are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) So, September 12th, 1952, 7.15 p.m. There are three little boys, two brothers, Edward and Fred May, and their friend, Tommy Heyer. They see this bright object crossing the sky, and they say, fuck, let's go find that. That's not a direct quote. (laughs) They're like, maybe that crashed somewhere. (laughs) So these little kids, they're super hype, and they go, and they run across this property of a local farmer, and they go, and they see it land, supposedly. You know, if you believe in these UFO sort of encounters. They see okay. a land, and one of the boys runs off, and he goes to his mom's house, where he tells her, hey, I just saw a UFO land. And then, basically, they grab their moms and some other locals who are nearby, and them and these three boys, it's kind of like the plot of Stranger Things, actually, really weird. Um, <laughs> they go to the farm, and they try to find it again. They try to, like, prove that what they saw was real. So... What happens is there's a dog with them, and this dog starts running ahead, you know, into the field, and it's barking, and it's 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 getting away. And this is all happening at night, too, just to kind of set the scene. Moments later, this dog comes running right back with its tail between its legs, fully frightened. Um, mm. So they just keep traveling, you know? People don't, <laughs> people don't learn. Um, and here's what they said that they saw. they saw a large pulsating ball of fire um they apparently smelled and witnessed this weird mist that was making their eyes and their noses burn um one of the farmers noticed that there was two small lights over to the left of the object and he directed his flashlight towards it revealing the creature so one of the boys his name was 
or not one of the boys, the man, his name was Lemon, last name Lemon. He aimed the flashlight at it, and he, and this is what he, and I quote, saw. A tall, man-like figure with a round, red face surrounded by a pointed, hood-like shape. So, he apparently screamed, fell backward, and, and then he said that it was apparently ten feet tall, with a blood-red body and a green face that seemed to glow, and it may have had claws for hands, but it was difficult to tell because of the mist. So... I, oh. I actually saved some pictures of her because I think that she's fascinating to look at. Um, so the depictions of her are basically what he said. It's like a, it's like a humanoid shape, but claws for hands. And then her body is red, but she seems to be wearing some type of green suit. And this suit like is like in a hood shape around her red face and her eyes glow. And so people think that it is like a suit, like it's like a space suit or something. Yeah, that sounds like robotic almost, or like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm picturing something in my head. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just try and picture that. And then, so apparently he said that there was a shrill hissing noise, and then the, the Flatwoods monster glided towards them changed direction and headed off towards the red light that was emitted from whatever the UFO must have been. So these people, I think it was about seven people, they just fled and they went home. So one of the mothers contacted the local sheriff and a news reporter and the reporter conducted a number of interviews. They returned to the same site with the farmer and apparently they smelled a sickening burnt metallic odor in the air which still to this day no one can explain away very simply. Um, mm. Because you could say a lot about hallucinations, but smells and like weird mist and lights, like this is all very like cerebral and strange. Yeah. So the sheriff and his deputy, they searched the area, but they didn't find any UFO. They didn't find any monster. So there's that. But the next morning, the reporter visited the site, and he found two trucks in the mud, as well as traces of a thick black liquid. So, mm. based on this, he was like, okay, well, this is weird. This might actually be, like, some kind of flying saucer. I don't know. This is not normal. Um, so, yeah. However, on the skeptical side, some people think it was probably just, you know, residue from a pickup truck. Like... Maybe they were going and they were investigating for themselves. Someone else who had heard through the grapevine what had happened. That could have been what it was. I don't know. But, you know, I like aliens, mm. so we're going to go with that for now. <laughs> yeah. that Yeah. <laughs> so, basically, there was a lot of investigators who were looking into this at the time. Um, there are a lot of people who, after hearing about this, you know, like hysteria breaks out and people think that they're seeing the same thing. So a mother and her 21 year old daughter, they claim to have encountered that same creature with the same appearance and odor a week prior to that September 12th incident. Um, apparently the daughter was so scared that she was confined to a hospital for three weeks. And I don't know about that because of course she would want to like get in on that you know just from mm -hmm. a psychological perspective if you want attention yeah. um i don't know but they also talked to the mother of the farmer who owned the property 
and so this is completely separate, but she said that at the time of the crash, her house had been violently shaken and her radio had cut out for 45 minutes. And across the way, uh, the director of the local board of education said that he saw a flying saucer taking off at 6.30 on the morning of September 13th. So that was the morning after all of this happened. So Mm. maybe she left. Maybe she peaced the fuck out. (laughs) I don't know. What was Flatwoods doing? Um, I don't don't know. I mean, it sounds like maybe... Maybe it was some alien that came here to do a mission and then left. I don't know. Had that? Have there been more modern sightings, or was that just like an encapsulated event back in the fifties? Well, you know, like there's like the regular creepy pastas or Reddit sightings of people who like say that it's real, you know. And the the Flatwoods area, um, they definitely milk it for tourism. Like they have Flatwoods statues and shit. Mm. Um, and people still, like, will go and investigate for UFO purposes. But in my mind, like, I don't I don't fully buy the UFO thing. And I don't know. I, I, I guess part of the problem is that she doesn't fit the description of a typical alien. But then I have to remind myself, like, there is no typical alien. Like, that's an oxymoron. Like, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And... I don't know. In my mind, maybe it's just like some interdimensional cryptid that can make light and odors appear. I don't know. Maybe she just farted. I I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think that it's creepy. Like a red-skinned, glowing-eyed beast with claws for hands, wearing a fucking green suit. Like, what in the world is going on? Like, how fucking high do you have to be? And the fact that there was a group of people who witnessed this but i mean i don't know i don't know how much i believe people <laughs> I um i think that that this is one this is not bigfoot here's what i mean by this i think that this it's the, it's like the saying of like this shit's too crazy to make up like you can't make this up like I just, <laughs> I don't know, like, if I was trying to gain attention, if I was just trying to, like, I wouldn't describe something so ridiculous. Like, it almost sounds like, I, I, I looked at a photo while you were talking, and, like, the description, like, it really looks like this thing is wearing, a, like, a like a robotic suit on top of whatever it actually is. Um, yeah. It looks like, it literally reminded me of the maid in the Jetsons, the robot. Like, that's what it reminded oh me of. God. So, like, I was yeah. like, hmm... Yeah, that's. I think there's something inside there, like controlling the frame. Well, I wonder if you're still gonna believe that when I do get to the rational explanations, because there is oh, pretty good. One. Okay. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, but before I get to that, I want to talk about other people who thought that they saw it. So, this is the next day. So probably, um, I don't know if this was before or after the director saw the UFO leaving but there was a couple who was driving through the mountains of Frametown, West Virginia and at dusk their car came to a sudden stop and refused to start again which I think if we think about Betty and Barney Hill that's kind of similar I don't know if they had car issues but like they were driving and they saw the UFO Um, shortly thereafter there was a sulfuric odor that filled the air and the couple got out they circled the vehicle trying to figure out what was wrong and they saw this creature 
And this is kind of strange. So, from the waist down, apparently it looked like the Flatwoods monster. But from the waist up, it was like a reptilian humanoid. And that's their description. So, mm. they think maybe it was the Flatwoods monster. Maybe it's just, you know, people don't know how to explain it. But also maybe it's something else. Or maybe it's a friend of the Flatwoods monster. Who knows? Um, and descriptions of this creature do vary. Some people say it's 10 feet tall. Some people say it's even bigger than that, you know? And, like, maybe psychologically, if you're scared, that's what's happening. Um, some say it was a dark black or green body. Um, you know? Uh, but, you know, for the most part, the, the head is, like, an ace of spades. It's got a hood on. Um, so I don't know. It's really creepy. And then the, the hissing and the gliding towards the group, that that tends to make an impact as well. Um, so yeah, like you said, people think that it was like a metallic armored structure that it was using, you know, to support itself or something. Like maybe the mo monster didn't have arms or something, or it was that was the only way it could move. Um, I don't know, but that's really creepy. <laughs> um... um... Huh. Uh, okay, I think I'm, yeah, I'm kind of dwindling, so... Okay, continue. I want to hear more. more. I want to hear more. <laughs> okay, well... There's other information of, like, the Air Force going to investigate, and these people seem to really buy it, which I thought was interesting. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, and th that gummy deposit or whatever, that black goop, uh -huh. I never like figured out what that was. So I think that's kind of interesting. Maybe um, it was like now, that hear... monster's piss or something. It's like thick black pee. Ew. That's so mm, I don't gross. know. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so here's the rational explanation. And this is actually pretty good. So this is something that they figured out, you know, much, much later after we had, um, you know, understanding mm -hmm. of how the universe works. So apparently on the night of September 12th, there had been a meteor for sure. Um, it was observed across three states, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Um, so that could have just been a meteor, like probably wasn't even a UFO. Mm. So maybe unrelated, who knows? Um, so this is, uncovered by a guy named Joe Nickel. He was the part of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, of course. <laughs> and here's what he said that the Flatwoods monster actually was. Completely unrelated to the meteor, he concluded that the shape, the movement, and the sounds the witnesses were talking about actually sound a lot like a startled barn owl perched on a tree limb. And so what they think is that the foliage beneath the owl created the illusion of the lower parts of the creature, such as a green skirt, and that the claw-like hands were actually <sighs> talons gripping a tree I mean, branch. Okay, listen. Like, every time we talk about something implausible, which is every single time we sit down to record one of these fucking things, <laughs> there's always... There's always... The rational explanations provided for these kinds of things honestly vary in my mind. Like, some of them are really good. I, I mean, literally, our first episode, we were talking about Annalise Michelle, um, and uh, I was like, oh, well, 
Never mind. Actually, talking about it now, I, I think she actually wasn't ex- like de- like possessed at all. And, oh, this is just sad. But like, it was an owl on a branch, and the foliage was the skirt, and like so many things have to go a certain way for that to be the case. Like, what are the fucking chances? And also, if the first lady isn't lying, then she also saw it. So, I mean, the, the second lady isn't lying because she saw it before the guys. Then, then. If she isn't lying, then she also saw it in, like, what? She saw the same owl in the same branch? and the, Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Okay, I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Um, I also forgot to mention that the mist made them nauseous for a couple days afterwards, which I think is definitely a sign of something. Um, mm. Because, you know, like, you talk about encounters like this and radiation or, like, illness from these encounters. Like, that makes sense to me. Because mm. it's like, it's not just something you see, it's something you feel. But, I don't know. So, I'm kind of on the fence about this one. I think that it's really um, out there and strange. But I like her because she looks fantastic. You know, she's working that dress. And why not? You know, why not believe in her? She believes in us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I agree. So, what do you think, though? Alien? I think Alien. I do. Okay. I I mean, I mean, really, who's to say that the Mothman doesn't have an alien origin? But when we say alien, we mean, like, literally, like, came from the spaceship here to do something and left. Or is still here. But the point is that, like, they literally came from a spaceship. Like, the Mothman, to me, feels more... Things like the Moth... Like, it's weird, isn't it? Like, the Mothman, Bigfoot... And the Flatwoods Monster feel like three completely different things to me. Don't they to you? Yeah. Yeah, even yeah, though they're all cryptids. Sure. Like, I, when I think of Bigfoot, I think of, like, probably some weird-ass fucking animal we haven't yet classified. <laughs> or, like, Neanderthal survived. Something like that. That's usually what I think. And it, it actually, make, in my mind, makes it, makes it the most possible kind of cryptid. Funny enough. Uh, even though so many people, like, <laughs> mock the Bigfoot. But, like, I mean, think about it, right? Uh, missing link kind of shit. Anyway. Um, I know it's more complex than that. But still. Uh, when I think of um, Flatwoods Monster, I'm like, literally, that's, like, an alien. It came out from the UFO. Like, something happened. But, like, that's the, literally where it came from. When I think of the Mothman, I... I mean, it's, like, a whole other deal. I'm thinking, like, the devil, like, we're going, like, really, really supernatural at that stage. Like, the kind of shit that people oftentimes will be like, well, that's just bullshit. I mean, more so than something like Bigfoot, for example. Like, you know, I mean, you're involving things like... like god and the devil and like religious beliefs like it's a whole thing right if you if you think that literally it came from like the underworld which when i think of the mothman i'm like well where else could it have fucking come from like i don't think it's an animal the way that bigfoot could be i don't think it's an alien it's a weird looking fucking alien i mean now that the flatwoods monster isn't but again i think we're kind of agreeing that that might have been a suit not the actual creature uh, but the mothman doesn't look like it's wearing a suit so I don't know. That one's the creepiest to me because it's like, where the fuck did that come from? This like, like, <laughs> warning omen it's of fashion, bad luck. Andre. I guess <laughs> maybe it's just some dude <laughs> with fucking wings. But um, I don't know. That that's the kind of shit that creeps me the most. It's like, it's almost as if Hellboy was a cryptid, like same origin. Like that's what I'm talking about here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's ew, ew. Oh, Hellboy is so fucking ugly. 
<laughs> my point is that it's like the most that to me it's the scariest kind of cryptid because it really doesn't come from the natural world. When you think yeah. about it, you could classify aliens as part of the natural world. Like they have nothing to do with like the un- like underworld or like you know like like an alternate yeah. like it really is most people think of it they think of like fucking little green martians and that's the natural world that's just like right here on mars so it's not as scary as something like the mothman to me anyway i digress well that's fair all right what do you have for me okay so i have (laughs) this is fucking crazy i can't believe i had never heard of this this is fascinating four syllables okay these cryptids are called Melon heads. Have you heard of melon heads? What? <laughs> no, <laughs> never. Okay, so. <laughs> Ooh, hunty, let me get these notes. Okay, so. Melon heads uh, in American folklore of, this is gonna, this is gonna be important later on, of specifically Michigan, Ohio, North Carolina, and Connecticut are beings generally described as small humanoids with bulbous heads who occasionally emerge from hiding places to attack people. Different variations of the legend attribute different origins to the entities, and that's what I'm going to be covering next. I lifted that describing paragraph, first paragraph from the Wikipedia article. I think it's very well stated. That's basically what the melon heads are. Now, onto the origin. So, just like, if you can't get a mental picture, everyone go look at, like, Google it. Like, you will... <laughs> Just Google it. Um, so, am I a melon head? <laughs> no, you could be though. Are you sure? This is how. So, okay, <laughs> th- like this this article um, goes into the legend, but it actually divides it in uh, in three parts: legend in Michigan, the way it's told in Ohio, and the way it's told in Connecticut. Because apparently, it, like it's it's different enough in each state. Um, that that's I just found that really interesting like it's all kind of the same but they're different enough that the article felt like it needed to state the differences between the legends it usually like I've never seen that done any anywhere else with something like for example Bloody Mary Bloody Mary is like so different across countries and across cultures but I usually but I I don't know I usually just hear articles talk about that the way we do it like here in the I guess you could say like the west like you get in front of the mirror you say like bloody mary however many times you like turn around or something close your eyes open them and then she's there um but yeah anyway um yeah this is this like differs between the the kinds of legends so in michigan the melon heads um were set to reside around felt mansion um this is um kind of a landmark um in the state and um they've been seen in also like forested areas of ottawa county um which is in is Ottawa County County in Canada? I'm, I'm completely, like, just assuming that it is, because it's called Ottawa County, but I bet you it's not. Um, yeah, being dumb. Anyway, point is, Felt Mansion, right? So, according to the story, um, there, there were originally these children uh, with hydrocephalus, which is a real medical condition that makes your head look bulbous and bigger than normal, um, who lived at the Junction Insane Asylum. This asylum, which is was, was a real place, used to be near Felt Mansion, which is also a real place. Um, the story um, goes on to say that after enduring physical and emotional abuse, these children became feral and were released into the forest surrounding the asylum. Um, uh, some... And, and 
that's it. They went into the forest and now they feed on humans because they need to subsist on something. However, other versions <laughs> of the legend. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Other versions Just of the something. legend. Well, I guess, I guess a human. I mean, the other versions of the legend actually say that the children retreat, uh, retreated into the mansion, into the felt mansion that was close to the asylum from which they were released. Others, though, say that they don't live in the abandoned mansion, but rather they live in a system of caverns nearby. Um, other versions say that the children devised a plan to escape and kill the doctor that abused them, actually. It's not that they were released, but that they escaped. Um, it said that the children had no place to hide the doctor's body, so they cut it up in small pieces, which they hid around the mansion. Um, rumors exist that teenagers who had broken into the mansion saw ghosts of the children and claimed to see shadows of the doctor's murder through the light coming from an open door. So, this is just Michigan. <laughs> um, like... If anything, like, the fact that there's so many versions to me lends less credibility to any one version. I don't think that melon heads are not real, per se, but I just think that, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's so... <laughs> there's so like, many versions of it, you don't know which one is. <laughs> to me, to me, this reads, like, the truest, best form of what an urban legend is, right? It's literally spoken, yeah. spoken folklore, and... It, you're playing a game of telephone every time you tell it to a person and then that person tells it to someone else and then before you know it a whole community has developed their own version of what the true story was that doesn't mean the true story didn't happen but it does to me it's just like this is such an interesting case study on what an urban legend can be and what it should be even like it should have different variations fuck you know like like buddy marries it's it's just fun it's it's whatever Unless it's real, in which case it's fucking terrifying. But, um, I digress. So, the legend in Ohio goes as follows. Um, the Melonheads, according to Ohio, were uh, primarily associated with the Cleveland suburb of Kirtland, which is a town in the state. According to local lore, the Melonheads were originally orphans, actually, under the watch of a mysterious figure known as Dr. Crow, also called Dr. Melonhead for obvious reasons. Crow is said to have performed unusual experiments on the children who developed large, hairless heads and malformed bodies. So it's not that the children had had hydrocephalus, but rather the experiments made them this way, according to the legend in Ohio. Some accounts claimed that the children were already suffering from the hydrocephalus, though, and that Crow injected even more fluid into their brains. <laughs> um, I, I know, like, I'm not laughing at that, I'm just laughing at the fact that it's like, like, their heads were already big and bulbous, but they're more bigger and more bulbous because he actually injected fluid into their brains. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't. I don't buy that version. <laughs> um, eventually, the legend continues that the children uh, killed the doctor, killed Doctor Crow, burned the orphanage, and retreated to the surrounding forest, supposedly to feed on babies. Not people in general, mind you, just babies. Legend holds that the melon heads may be sighted along Wisner Road in Kirtland. Um, uh, People don't go to Wisner Road if you ever find yourself in Kirtland, Ohio. Um, then that's basically the legend in Ohio. It's a little different because the doctor actually injected more stuff into their heads, and also they exclusively eat babies because I guess mature meat is just too tough to chew. So, um, uh, on to the legend in Connecticut. Okay, questions so far. Um, no, I just keep wondering if I'm a melon head. That's all I can think about. <laughs> trying to figure it out um uh, okay so 
there's there's also several variations of the story just in Connecticut, which again, crazy. Anyway, so one of them, the most popular one in the state, is that um, Fairfield County in Connecticut was the location of an asylum for the criminally insane that burned down in the fall of 1960. Okay, so before I continue, this is something interesting, right? That each, like, every version of the story has similarities. Like, the insane asylum, Dr. Crow, the fact that these people were children. Also, later on, um, the fact that apparently, like, the way you can find the melon heads is usually along a solitary road close to a forested area. Usually it's referred to as Dracula Drive. Um, however, neither Connecticut, Ohio, or Michigan has a Dracula Drive anywhere. I just find it interesting that, like, <laughs> the different versions all mention this kind of solitary road, often referred to as Dracula Drive, but none of them have it. Yeah. But it's still interesting that all of them cite that solitary road. Again, it makes me think that maybe the story is real. It's just that amongst so many versions, the true version has gotten lost. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so in 1960, this criminally insane, um, criminal, well, the asylum for the criminally insane um, burns down and results in the death of all the staff and most of the patients with around 10 or 20 inmates unaccounted for, supposedly having survived and escaped to the woods. Well, actually, this Connecticut version, I guess they're not children, right? They could, they're just adults. Um, the legend states that the Melonheads' appearance is the result of them having resorted to cannibalism in order to survive the harsh winters of the region once they escape from the burning asylum and to inbreeding, which in turn caused oh. them to develop hydrocephalus. Okay, so here's the thing. It's unclear as to whether the first generation of runaways developed hydrocephalus from cannibalism or if it was actually the inbreeding that caused it, plus the cannibalism that caused it in their offspring. Regardless, though, that's the version there. Okay, another interesting version from Connecticut, um, the last one I'll mention, is this variation, State of the Melonheads, are actually, you're gonna fucking love this, descendants of a colonial-era family from Shelton Trumbull in Connecticut who were banished after accusations of witchcraft were made against them, <gasps> causing them to retreat to the woods. Oh As with the oh first version of this legend, this variation attributes the appearance of the Melonheads to inbreeding. Because what else were they going to do? They were fucking outcasts. Yeah. So, um, uh, Melonheads, according to this variation, allegedly prey upon humans, any humans, who wander into their territory. And, like, the first version, also, um, uh, they, yeah, so, babies, mostly, but all humans. I love that they, like, mention that. Anyway, witchcraft, dude. That's the, <laughs> that's the biggest twist yeah. in all this. Could it just be that? I don't know. I like that theory, though, because that's, well, I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, would inbreeding directly create that, though? I don't want to say that it, I, I don't know. The melon head thing puts me off, like, a lot, which, ugh, Yeah, I don't, I don't think it would. That's why it's setting, in, like, in addition to the cannibalism that the parents would have already engaged right. in. Yeah, maybe that could have that's done something fair. during, like, a pregnancy. Um, and then the fact that these children grow up also eating human meat probably will make them develop it early on. Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense because we have to also take into like, we're not dehumanizing humans. We're saying this is, this is just yeah. something other. Yeah. Also like Melonhead isn't 
like slang for people who have hydrocephalus so like we're not being insensitive at least not that i'm aware of like melon heads is literally just referring to the fucking like urban legend of melon heads where these terrifying creatures who yeah. might or might not have had hydrocephalus i shouldn't say had because these right. things apparently still exist like in present day and you can find them oh, again sure. <laughs> somewhere along some solitary road in one of the three states I mentioned or all three for all I know um, and they can eat you so watch out um, if you live in um, Connecticut, Michigan or Ohio uh, just move out I mean honestly even if you're not scared of mountains you should move out those states sound like they suck um, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, to all our listeners from those three states, please don't unfollow. Uh, but if you do, I'll send a melon head to eat you. So, okay. I am um, excited about this next one. <laughs> Just because it's fucking dumb. But also maybe not dumb at all and probably very real, question mark? I don't know. Um, so, I don't know exactly how to pronounce this, but the Megalodon. I actually think that's how you pronounce it. Have you heard of the Megalodon? <laughs> um. That sounds really familiar, but I don't it, I'm gonna say it no. It does sound familiar. Do you know what a megalodon is, dude? Have you watched the is it Meg? Like a dinosaur? No. What? <laughs> it's it's like a it's like an ancient shark. Like the movie The Meg, Megalodon. <gasps> oh shit, you're right. Yes, yeah, so it turns out that that movie is based on true events. No, I'm kidding. But um it's <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. So the Megalodon was a real animal. And like the movie states, which I, I love that movie. It's so fucking silly and dumb and just dumb thought. I loved it. I love Jason Statham. Anyway, as the movie <laughs> states, this animal, if you have seen it, anyone, um, this animal was real. It's like a like dinosaur age. I'm not going to get into the specifics because I'm dumb and I don't know science, but um, like old ass fucking ancient animal like around the time of the dinosaurs, something like that. Um, actually, I can give a more specific. Apparently, this uh, estimates say that this uh, animal went extinct 2.6 million years ago during the Xenozoic era. So whatever that means. Damn. I don't know if dinosaurs. Yeah. Damn. I don't know if dinosaurs. <laughs> We're still around at that point in the way that we think of them, or if they had already gone extinct. This is a little confusing to me. I'm not great with timelines, but the point the point is that this animal is very old, very extinct, and very dead. At least according to the official record. Now, um. I mean, you can guess what's coming. The cryptid part of this is, oh, actually, it's not dead. It is still alive. There's still oh. megalodons, and there are sightings, and they're out there. And the Meg is real. We love that movie. So that's basically what this, <laughs> that's basically what I'm going to be arguing for now next. Um, no, I love that. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of how people say, like, Dude, there's this cryptid um, that I was going to talk about, but I, I chose this instead. That's basically a pterodactyl. It's, it's straight up just a fucking pterodactyl that terrorizes people. In, like, Virginia or something, because everything bad happens in Virginia. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, wasn't the Mothman in Virginia? Like... <laughs> Yeah, I think. And he your was, thing, yeah, yeah, your thing, like the Flatwoods Monster was West yeah, Virginia, the right? Monster, I know, yeah. West Virginia. <laughs> for Virginians. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you guys are like covered in forests, so no wonder all kinds of strange shit happens there. Anyway, yeah. um, okay, so I, I actually want to give a little more of a, of a picture of what this thing looked like. I mean, it's basically a shark, but not quite, and also fucking gigantic. So. Um, Fun fact, the great white looks a lot like this, kind of, but they actually were not related. They lived a similar huh. lifestyle, but they were not related. I mean, they 
like they would be related if they weren't 2.6 million years apart. Um, it's really just the technicality of the fact that this thing is so old that, like, like you, even though like you could have descended from the same place from the megalodon, the the white like the great white shark, it is so far back that it's almost like not related at all. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, obviously this is where it came from. If you look down the line, like really far back, yes. But technically speaking, they're not related. Um, so. This shark is only known from its teeth, fun fact, um, because of this shortage of data, estimates vary regarding its likely size, though it is universally agreed that megalodons could reach lengths of an excess of 54 feet. However, 60 feet has been considered as 60 fucking feet. Like, can you imagine that? Like, a blue whale is what, like 30 something feet? I am dumb, but 60 feet. it It would taste my piss as it ate me. Like, I... I would I would die just from a heart attack seeing it before it even got the chance <laughs> to kill me. Like, legit. Um, like, I have a little chicken heart. It would just fucking stop. Like, I... <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, so, again, fun fact. Like, it's only known for its teeth. Like, we have never found um, other, like, skeletal parts of megalodon... Like, megalodons. Like, any other bones... But teeth. Um, and oh, from there, scientists imagine? were able to... I know, it's crazy. Were able to gauge um, what its likely size would have been. But, you know, that's the estimate we have. Um, Megalodon means a big tooth, which I think is very fitting. <laughs> um, apparently, this thing had teeth at least seven inches long. At least seven inches long. Um, okay. Uh, that's like an average dick long, but we won't get into oh that. Oh, my God! Um, <laughs> Um, a bunch of dicks in a shark's mouth. Like, I mean, or depending where you live, less than average. I don't know. Um, uh, anyway, these teeth were big, at least seven inches long, and it, this thing had a mouth that could expand to engulf an elephant whole. <laughs> oh my god! So like engulf a whole, me, honestly, like it could eat a whole elephant by opening its mouth. Like that's how big it could open its mouth. Um, <laughs> Although widely regarded to have gone extinct in the late Pliocene, some believe that they may survive. They may have survived to the present. And here's where the sightings come in. So there's no like solid evidence of continued existence. Obviously, this is why this is a cryptid. Um, but here are the purported sightings that there have been in modern times. In 1875, two megalodon teeth were brought up during a deep sea exploration by the HMS Challenger that supposedly were only 10,000 to 14,000 years old. During this time, a land bridge between North America and Asia existed, and the ancestors of the Native Americans were crossing over. If tests on the age of the huge teeth are accurate, this means that the megalodon was still alive at the end of the plate. Pleistocene, sorry, over 2 million years after its generally agreed date of extinction. Um, although these teeth were confirmed to have been looking fresh due to manganese dioxide, um, uh, they, like, this may still mean something. Okay, the reason I mentioned these, the manganese dioxide, is because um, some scientists that later tested these teeth um, in they, they were like, okay, so the reason they look fresh might be because of this chemical component that has been kind of has coated them and it's called manganese dioxide and sometimes that can like fuck up the dating process on dating how old something is um that is fair and i want to mention that because i don't want to just leave that out but there's more sightings so 
And also, the fact that it was coated in manganese dioxide doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't 10,000 years old. It's just a possibility. Like, it just means the dating can't be taken super accurately anymore now that we know that. You know what I'm saying? Um, Big so... fucking sharks are out there, and they're here to fucking eat us. That's all I just heard say. <laughs> okay, there was another sighting in 1918. So we're going closer to, 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 to current age. So, supposedly a fisherman off the coast of Australia refused to return to the ocean after a massive shark demolished their gear and stole their crayfish pots. When further question, and you were like, okay, so that's just like a white shark, like whatever. When further question, they all reported similar things. A ghostly white shark, as long as the wharf they were standing on. <laughs> they were standing on a wharf 115 feet long, bitch. Um, proponents of the modern persistence of the megalodon argue that these people, experienced fishermen, would have recognized a whale if they had seen one. Also, no fucking whale is like 115 feet. Anyway, the creature frightened the fishermen so much that they refused to work. <laughs> Listen, if someone knows what a fucking whale looks like close to the surface, just swimming around, it's going to be a fucking fisherman, right? So, I mean, like, it goes marine biologist, and then under that, like, fisherman. So... And even then, that I'd argue no that, <laughs> like, like a fisherman might know might, might know how to recognize that better because they're actually out on the field, meaning just the ocean fishing shit, more than a marine biologist would be, right, right, right. So, I'm just saying. Um, yeah. Okay, another sighting. I know this is terrifying. I like, I'm like, melonhead's scary, huge shark that is like m- m- hundreds of miles away because I don't live anywhere close to the beach. Terrifying. Um, <laughs> Another sight occurred in the 1960s. Um, uh, The captain of a 26-meter fishing boat reported seeing a huge shark. Like the fisherman in Australia, he and his crew were very experienced, so it is argued that they would have known if there was a whale or not. The crew refused to say what they saw to reporters. However, the the captain gave his account a few years later. And the account, there's not a lot I could find on it, but basically, well... The captain also doesn't say a lot. Basically, he says, this thing was like 70 fucking feet long. I saw it. I know what I saw. It wasn't a whale. I think I even saw a fucking fin. Whatever. Like, no fucking whale looks like that. You can tell me anything you want, but I know what I saw. He was kind of defensive, probably because he was recalling a very traumatic experience. Like, hello. Um, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like, I <laughs> I just want a mech sequel so bad. I'm going to say this is real. Please make it. Um... <laughs> I just feel like there's there's so much of the ocean that we haven't explored. Like, why wouldn't it be real? You know? Like, we just don't fucking know what's down there. Like, there's enough okay. room for him. Okay, so two things. One, in the movie The Meg, like, that's literally kind of the notion they express. It's like, the me- like we didn't know this was a thing, and it's because apparently megalodons live, like, way below the Mariana Trench... It's actually, we can actually go deeper, according to the movie, uh, under this, like, thick layer of methane, um, and that's why we've never seen them in the surface or anything, and and that's why we don't know of their existence, because we used to think the Mariana Trench was as far as we could go in the ocean. Turns out we were wrong. Of course, that's fiction, that's just a movie, but, like, is that a crazy idea? And also, you're reminding me of something else. Um... Because, like, humans are kind of, like, they can be kind of cocky sometimes. Like, now we know what the highest peak is. And then they're like, oh, never mind. We were wrong. Like, people, like, okay. Fun fact, right? The, the tallest mountain ever. Like, Everest. So it turns out there's some Hawaiian volcano. I forget the what it's called. I saw this years ago. That is actually 
taller because its base starts in the ocean at, at some at some slightly deep point in the ocean. Therefore, when you met, like, we didn't know this for a long time. All I'm saying is we think Mariana Trench is like, she's our bitch. We get it. Like, she's deep. But what if there's a deeper point and we just haven't found it? Like, Shannon makes a fantastic point, which is absolutely true. Like, we have explored, what, like, 5% of our oceans? Like, we, I think we literally know more about space than we know about our oceans. <laughs> like, oh, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, like, I mean, the second thing you reminded me of was I was going to bring up that I, I was watching this video the other day. Um, there was this um, Antarctic expedition in the mid-90s by a Swedish, um, uh, like, group of scientists um they were uh they decided to go explore as deep as they could go into the antarctic ice so they drilled a fucking like deep asshole it was like oh my god i can't even recall it was something like 2400 feet something dumb like that and at some point like they they the ice ends they hit just really cold water at some point it's no longer ice and they just keep going down and down and down and down and the thing has a camera right and you see it going down and going down at some point you see like i'll I'll send you this video you see like some glowing orbs and you're like okay that's weird and then it goes down and down and down and reaches the, the deepest point it can reach um and it nothing else happens and it just stays there but they keep recording the team has this idea to just keep recording because they have mm. space to record they, they they can record more footage so why not do it just for the fuck of it they keep doing that okay five no nine days in nine days recording they just see this you see this fucking thing i don't even know how to describe it like it's it's some kind of According to the measures they provide, like human size, like six foot long bioluminescent animal fucking swimming. And it's just like, what the fuck was that? It looks like a straight up alien. It looks like nothing I have ever seen. It looks like a movie effect. Um, And it just, it's there for like a quick three seconds and then you don't see it again. But also, before it passes, you see these, like, weird orbs of just light. These really fluffy, cute, sweet, pretty, like, orbs of light kind of, like, surround the camera. And then the thing comes, and then they disappear. We still don't know what the, f- the fuck the orbs are. Like, we can we can speculate. And, and the scientists that recorded that video, they speculated that, okay, so I guess we just really don't know what's on. Like, we just don't know enough about the oceans. And, you know, we just found out that there's shit down there. We don't know what it is, but we can suspect that it's some kind of bioluminescent animal. Okay. But what the fuck were those orbs? How do you explain that? Like, they just came and went. And it was, like, obviously related to the presence of this animal. So, like... What the fuck is going on? All I'm saying is Shannon's completely right. We don't know jack shit. So, (laughs) listen. (laughs) Like, I mean, um, that's what I fucking have. What if aliens are just (laughs) living on our planet? They're just deep in the ocean, and that's what those orbs were with, like, UFOs or something. Dude! The fucking movie The the Abyss by... The the Abyss. The Abyss. Uh, I think is it James Cameron? I don't know who did this movie, but it's like a uh, like a late night late nineties uh, movie. It's called The Abyss. Look it up. Basically, the premise is like, oh, we found out that aliens live deep in the fucking ocean, and they have like a whole civilization down there. So ta da! Oh, I need to watch that. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Um, but anyway, like uh, listen, guys, like with the cryptids shit, the the, the point. 
that me, a believer, wants to leave you with is there's so much we don't know. And there's there's so many things that lack a scientific classification. But oftentimes I think they lack it because the scientific classifications haven't been broadened enough to be able to put these things within them. Also, obviously, because a lot of cryptids, they can't be studied enough because they are barely seen. But all I'm saying yeah. is, like, the, basically the notion of, like, not because we don't understand it yet means it's not real. Um, think platypus, bitch! <laughs> so... <laughs> platypus defies all expectations. Oh, what I'm really saying is, um, turns out the platypus was an animal, so there are megalodons out there ready to eat you. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> that gives me hope that, like, you know, anything is possible. Any, I mean, believe. like, I, I really truly believe that most anything is possible. Like, shit. There's just so many weird things out there in the world. That's what this podcast is all about. All those weird things out there in the world. So, everyone, thank you for listening. We really appreciate you giving us your time um, <laughs> to hear us ramble on fucking monsters. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes, uh, please do DM us on um, uh, TalkScary, at TalkScary on Twitter. We just hit 900 followers. Yay! Um, we are heading for those 1K followers soon, so do please help us get there if you don't already follow us on Twitter. And again, uh, you can drop us a mention or um, DM us at TalkScary. We are also on all podcast listening platforms. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, TuneIn, Stitcher, etc., etc., um, Shannon, anything else? Flatwoods is real, and she's looking for the Mothman. Do you think that Flatwoods has a vagina? You said it had female energy. <laughs> I don't think it matters if she has a vagina or not. She's, she no, has no, no. female energy. I said a vagina. Oh, a vagina. Well, who doesn't? Vagina <laughs> is everywhere. Vagina is with us at all times. It, it, it also, just like the Flatwoods monster, is real. So don't forget that. Also, the Mothman, the Flatwoods monster's boyfriend, also real. Um, and yes. I guess, yeah, Megalodons, also real. So everyone, watch out for everything. <laughs> don't ever go in the woods or in the ocean or literally anywhere outside of your bedroom. Um, stay safe. And um, we'll talk to you next week. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>